Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 113. Man, 113 episodes. Feels like we just started yesterday. We didn't, trust me. Tonight, we are reviewing Onyx. They are back, and uh, their new record is called Onyx versus Everybody, and they get after it. We are also choosing, based on Mr. Metalhead Mundy's challenge, three songs that soothe the savage beast. So each one of us is going to contribute three three songs to that. And we are also going to be discussing issues five and six of Sandman. We did not do it last week. We ran rather long because our Kendrick Lamar review um, was pretty intense. We really dug into that one. So if you haven't seen that or listened on a podcast, um, check that out. Uh, we spoke for, gosh, almost 45 minutes on that record. It was a really good one. I think you guys will appreciate that one. If you like what you're seeing here tonight, subscribe, leave a comment, and feel free to share with your friends. And tonight's episode is sponsored by the Kokomo Lantern, a journalistic endeavor focused upon the simple principles of illuminating the good and eliminating the shadows in our local community. Head over to kokomolantern.substack.com. Sign up for all that great comment. Content. Did I say comment? I meant content. Hey, guess who's joining me tonight? You get one guess. Go. You are correct. It's Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Monday. See? What's there going he is. on, everybody? Hey, talk over you. Let's start it already. Okay, we're going to go back. Let's start this over again. <laughs> and it's not everybody because JPP's not here tonight. He is yeah. under the weather. A little bit. So... If the show falls apart tonight, we'll realize that Paul is actually the glue that sits in darkness. That's that sounds true. about right. <laughs> There's one thing I've always heard about Paul. It's he's the glue. <laughs> so anyway, um, we do have a number of things to talk about tonight, which is pretty exciting. But we do. Be- before I get to that, I, um, I just saw today a post and a comment from Robert Smith who said finally that that record they've been working on for quite a while, The Cure will be releasing a new one in October, and he says it is the best work that they've done. What do you think about that? That's a long career. I don't know. (laughs) I I feel like uh, every every band, especially ones that have been around as long as they have, are like, oh, this is my favorite stuff we've ever done. This is (laughs) the best we've ever been. And, you know, I mean, playing-wise, you should be because you've been doing it for 50 mm-hmm. years. But, you know, uh, it's not it, – it's hard for people to step away from songs they've been listening to for 30, 40 years and glom on to something brand new and be like, oh, this is this is it. You know, doesn't happen too often. Well, let's be honest. If you're going to pump up excitement for a record, you don't want to say, hey, this is pretty good. But you yeah. know what? It's not disintegration. Yeah. No, no, it's just not going to reach that. It's, so. I don't know, though. I mean, we're talking about Robert Smith. He's kind of mopey, so. <laughs> he is. And he's great when he's mopey. Yes. Yeah. So I'm mopey super is. excited for that. I um, just bought Disintegration on vinyl, and I've been listening to that. It's so good. And then the, nice. uh, the newer pressings are just dynamite. So, And if uh, people have not listened to The Cure who are watching this, 
you need to dig in, go to that catalog because it is fantastic. Bring a tissue, might need an antidepressant or two, but man, it's good stuff. And if you're 45 to 50, it will be so nostalgic. You're going to love yourself <laughs> because yeah, it'll take you back in time. Um, did, was it John Hughes? Is that the guy who made all the movies? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So good. All right. Oh, <clears throat> I also wanted to mention uh, before we get started, I ordered uh, the Iowa Slipknot vinyl release and I couldn't, the actual website where you order it officially um, didn't have any. So I went to eBay and you know how people like will purchase them in advance and then they'll sell them. So I, I yep. purchased it from a gentleman and inside um, the box, he sent me a couple of things. He had this really cool sticker. Defend Equality, Love Unites. I thought that was really cool. And another sticker. But then there was this awesome little letter um, that he attached in here. And um, just a really cool guy. And his name is Dave. And he's with Sunny Records. And I would just give a shout out. If anybody purchases from Dave from Sunny Records on eBay, you are going to get top quality. The packaging, the shipping. Um, seems like just genuinely an awesome guy. So it's just cool. fun. When you, you know, Always not, good to hear. Not every eBay <laughs> transaction ends well. So yeah, so that's true. Okay, let's do it. Let's do a challenge, Monday. What do you got? Well, at the top, I just got to say I got to apologize in advance to all the listeners. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. Um, I had COVID about three and a half weeks ago. I'm fine. Uh, my wife and I both had it. It wasn't bad. It's kind of a bad cold. Uh, <laughs> hers is pretty much completely gone. Mine has settled in my chest and turned into like a respiratory thing. So it's kind of messing my voice and breathing up. I got to cough a lot. So I'll try to mute myself as much as I can if that happens. But apologize in advance. <clears throat> but that's where I am. So <laughs> I love it. Um, by the way, what are you uh, what are you wearing, Mr. Mundy? Oh, Sorry. well, first of all, I got a fresh haircut. So, cause I was due when I got COVID like a month ago and man, I was shaggy. So I just took care of that. So that's, that's looking nice. And I got on my George Hodge Pegasus shirt. George Hodge is of course, friend of the show, singer, guitar player of Jack the radio from North Carolina. Awesome band. Great dudes. Support them if you can. Fantastic. Love the shirt. Okay. He's he's a great artist, man. I love his stuff. Yeah, he is cool. He's like yeah, like he art is his life. Like everything yes. he does, music, art, you name yeah. it. So you love guys like that. You want to support them so that they can live their dream. Yep. All right. Remind us of your challenge. So I don't you know, I don't know. Stuff's chaotic. It always is. It's you know, sometimes you just wanna chill out. So I I wanna know. I'm not looking for like Netflix and chill. I don't care about that. And I probably don't want to hear about that anyway, because gross, but what oh, there go my three. Yeah. What <laughs> calms you down? What, what songs can you put on and instantly it just levels you out, calms you down, takes you to a peaceful place, <clears throat> gets you hundred percent blissed out and, ready to face the world or calm down enough to go to bed, you know, whatever you're doing. 
But yep, I so music to soothe the savage beast because they say that's what it does, right? So it does indeed. I had a thought about this as well. So your explanation there was a little more than you gave last week, and I was thinking it, it was. But I, I, I mean, I, I realized that when I issued it, I was pretty vague when I issued it. So I, even when I was thinking about it, I was going, you know, several different ways. That's really what I'm looking for. But I mean, you know, whatever. I didn't specify that, so I'll take what I can get. No, I thought that's what you were going with, and I it that's was. what I went with. But I was also thinking to myself when I'm angry or I'm frustrated and all. Yeah you know, stressed out or whatever. I want to listen to like disaster piece. Yes. That is not soothing, but it soothes me. Yes. <laughs> if that I, makes sense. That's what I thought. I was like, mm, maybe people will think that I mean that, but yeah, I don't mean like metal. That's one of the reasons I love metal and I mm-hmm. am the metal head uh, is because listening to heavy music and it's been scientifically proven. There are mm-hmm. studies, look them up. Listening to metal can, I mean, for people that enjoy it, absolutely will calm them down center Mm -hmm. them it's a healthy way to get out aggression you know that's why it's one of the reasons i love it not exactly what i was looking for but that i can see how people might think that yeah i i I knew you were going with so i didn't go that route um as we said jpp is not here he did however send his three so i want to go ahead and do those first awesome can't wait um so he says all three of his choices are beautifully arranged and provide a nice background foreground element when listening deeply. And I imagine with headphones, it would be even better. So his first one is Pat Metheny, Letters from Home. Nice. I'm not Second familiar with one. that, but Pat Metheny is, of course, amazingly talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that song. I'm not familiar with, I've heard the his third one. but And then uh, Bibio. With the song Curls. Is that? I feel like that's someone he had us look into a while ago. You have a feeling it's Synthwave? Something like that. (laughs) I don't remember exactly, but the name sounds familiar. Yeah. And then his last choice, I think you'll know this one, Aphex Twin, Avril 14th, which is April 14th. Sure. So, and Aphex Twin, they can come up with some really cool grooves. So that one totally makes sense to me. Uh, I can't wait for them to have a new record. So, or him. Yeah, fantastic and this just in t-bags who hasn't been on for a while sent us his three are you ready very cool i know it's kind of exciting i bet i can guess which one of them is or what What, band one of them is okay so do you want to go with nine inch nails or tool (laughs) um i feel like both would be pushing my luck but Definitely something Trent related. Absolutely. The start <laughs> of things, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And that is from the social network, probably. Um, it says mid 90s. Oh, mid 90s. Yes, yes. Directed by Jonah Hill. That's actually a great movie if you haven't seen it. Very I have good. Not seen it. It's really good. Um, this next one I can totally agree with. This would totally get you in the mood. This is Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven. Sure, absolutely. Classic, classical. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then this one isn't a surprise either because Tony has talked about this gentleman quite a bit. And it's not who you think it is, Mundy. Okay. It is. Who's his you favorite? You read my Irishman? mind now? Yeah, because yeah, you know he's thinking of his Irishman. Oh, yeah, Dermot. Yeah, but he's not. It's Damien Rice. The okay. song is Cold Water. Yep. 
I know he's a big fan of him as well. He loves Damien Rice. He's talked about that a lot. So those are his three. You got you ready to get to ours? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna yeah. do ours round robin. Yep. Me. You, I like me, it better you. that way. It's more like ping pong. Yeah, today it is. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the first one. You ready? Yep. Mm. Mazzy Star, fade into you. Hope Sandoval. Love her voice. Love that song. It's so mellow. Just drops me in the mood every time. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that my one had a little... is... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that my daughter has picked up on that and found a live version of uh, of them playing it. And Hope just stands there with her arms down, just like totally chill. Yeah, I can see her. I can see that being in Sistine's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that one had a, had a little bit of the English, a little bit of a backspin on it, but I'll try to hit it back. All right. Um, my first one, this is kind of, I mean, this is immediately what I think of when I want to put my headphones in and just zone out and just, you know, everything goes away is <clears throat> Orion from Metallica. Oh, nice. It is. I mean, still to this day, it is probably my absolute favorite song i it is a perfect song i love it no vocals necessary it's i mean the grooves the dynamics um you've got like heavy guitars you've got the melodic parts it's i mean it's absolute perfection i I love it I, i actually when i was a teenager that's exactly what i would do i would lay on my bed turn my lights out lay on my bed put my headphones in and just listen to that for on repeat forever. So that is your favorite Metallica song, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious now, what would your second favorite be? That's hard. Um, I was kind of bouncing back and forth between another Metallica song. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> Cause there is another one that I think works for this challenge, but I didn't really, I, I had to go with Orion. I had to, mm-hmm. but um, the other one I was considering for this is Outlaw Torn from mm. Load. And I, I, I love that song. I can, if I can really just put my headphones on and zone out to that song and, you know, not sing along with it. Cause I wouldn't do that. Cause I'm terrible, but sing, <laughs> sing along with it in my head and, you know, just listen to James's voice and his delivery on that. Like that song almost brings me to tears. It's so good. So powerful. Awesome. Is, um, is Metallica a top three band for you? Um, that's hard too. I, I'm going to, that's going to be my challenge next time. I'm going to make you pick three song, three, uh, three bands. Honestly, (laughs) I, uh, if it were I think, me, I would have said Anthrax one and Metallica yes, two for you. Um, probably close. It's hard to deny them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's like it's such an obvious choice that it, that almost sucks. But who cares? I, yeah, <laughs> you mean, like I what you like. I don't really care mm-hmm. about that, and I don't believe in like guilty pleasures. I, I think that's stupid. Where you like what you like. Yep. But um. Yeah, it's that that fluctuates. Anthrax is always at the top. That's, oh, yeah. that's always. But mm-hmm. the next few, pro- I mean, it's just whatever day you catch me. <laughs> exactly. It is kind of true, especially with songs. Like, 
I've written articles before about like these are my top ten songs from this band. Not now, yeah. <laughs> you know. what I mean, like yeah. it just kind of changes as you go. So. There's a guy on YouTube. I can't remember the name of his channel. I wish I could because I would totally promote him. He's good. He does a lot of uh, lists of ten. I don't even know if he calls them. I don't think he calls them top ten. I think he calls them. It's just ten songs that blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing he says is this is not a ranking. This is not a top 10 list. These are just 10 songs yeah. that fit this thing. And that's kind of how I feel about a lot of bands, you know? Yeah, I get that too. And it, yeah, it just depending on mood and time and yeah, things kind of change. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, my I, next I think, song- oh, I think sorry, we need to ahead. say though, if there's anybody out there listening that would like to participate, please mm-hmm. do hit up the comments. We see him. We'll respond. Let us yes. know. Send them in and get a shirt. Come yeah. on. Put Free me to stuff. work. Free stuff. For sure. Um, the next one for me is... Okay, I almost fell on two bands that I don't particularly like now that I liked in the yeah. beginning. All right. You two, With or Without mm-hmm. You. Yeah. And um, Radiohead, Karma Police. Okay. That was uh, back when I liked both. Yeah, Karma Police is a big no for me. Um, <laughs> I I think Tom York just sounds whiny on that song. I don't like it. But um, yeah, with or without you, that's yeah, I can totally see that. So I I almost went with this. I didn't. Right. I, I went with this one because this song isn't about anything soothing or mellow, but his delivery, that Cockney accent, it was so strong in the beginning when the band started. It's not so much now, but it's Arctic Monkeys. Riot van. Okay. It just puts me in the mood. Oh, you got to listen to it. It's, it's fun. It feels like your youth, high school, college age times and uh, what's going on. It's a great song. And his voice is almost speaking, singing, and it's just a great groove. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I feel like my wife might be a fan of theirs kind of. But I never. They are great. They were never, Cage the Elephant before Cage the Elephant, and yeah, much. Better. I know she likes them. She way like them. better than Cage the Elephant, <clears throat> and way more original. And their um, their first Arctic couple Arctic. albums were just so oh, good. Yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> Ask her if she likes Riot Van. What is it? Riot Van. Riot Van. A band. Oh, it's a song. Yeah. Can't remember that one. I'm so mad she, at her. <laughs> Tell her I'm not talking to her anymore. Well, we're gonna probably check it out tonight. I wrote it down. So yeah, there we go. All right, here we go. Ready? Backhand. Yours. Okay. Um, this one it's a bit of a curveball when you think about uh soothing songs, mm-hmm. but again, this is one like when you hear what it is, you don't probably wouldn't necessarily think of that, but it's uh ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song Scarecrow off of the Psalm 69 yeah. album. Uh, it is a long song. Uh, it's like nine, almost nine minutes long or over nine minutes long or something. Um, there, But there are only eight lines of lyrics plus mm-hmm. the word Scarecrow every mm-hmm. once in a while. Um, it's just like it's got this monster riff like they're first of all they lay down this bed of like kind of staticky background noise and then this really affected syncopated drum beat uh that sounds huge it doesn't sound like paper drums like it just sounds like big booming drums but there there's an effect on them 
and it comes in with this groove and it's just very uh, repetitive and it's real easy to just kind of zone out on and listen to the repetitive motion. And then uh, Al's voice is Al's voice. You know, mm-hmm. at that time he was a hundred percent with the vocal effects and, you know, but I just, man, it's so good. And the lyrics are, if you listen to the lyrics, they're almost, almost post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little bit of um, crucifixion imagery in there. Um, but like I said, it's only eight lines of lyrics. Right. So, it, but it's, so it's this long, drony song not a lot of vocal distraction and I, I love it. Yeah. That kind of reminds me, like I started thinking about a couple of songs in that vein, like um, the song Iowa from Iowa, which is hypnotic. Mm. So not soothing necessarily, but kind of hypnotic, but then the song is about something that's not soothing at all. (laughs) So, so (laughs) I kind of checked out on that one, but I can definitely see why you would pick up on a song like that. Yeah. It's mostly, I mean, it's definitely for the music, not the lyrics, but really, even if you don't listen to the lyrics, Al's Mm. voice works so well within the structure of Mm. the song. It's just, I mean, it's, yeah, it just really kind of takes you somewhere. Awesome. This is, uh, I think this is kind of cool because we're, we're in territory. I think if you were like, uh, soothing songs, I don't think we would have thought of Metallica. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have thought of. (laughs) <laughs> ministry wouldn't have thought of arctic monkeys so yeah. maybe mazzy star because that is kind of yeah kind uh, of spacey yeah so um i'll take your forehand oh here comes my backhand <laughs> back and it is for my third choice smashing pumpkins and it is off of machina which i always thought was machina but whatever um with every light it's okay. a very airy song it is kind of a catchy it's it definitely doesn't I, I don't want to say it doesn't fit with the record but it doesn't sound like the follow-up to melancholy it doesn't sound like some of the songs that begin um, everlasting gaze and those kind of things but uh the lyrics it's really kind of sing-songy not country but definitely has that sing-song quality okay um says look ma the sun is shining on me taking my time to do as i please it just sort of puts you in that mood um, all the love we are creating, we are creating. I love that song. It just sort of puts me in a great mood, great vibe going on and um, doesn't challenge you in any way. It just brings you into the groove like that. Very cool. Yeah. So, okay. There it is. Backhand to you. We got. Well, I feel like I may have missed this volley, but I don't know because I kind of cheated. Um. <clears throat> this is my tea bags answer. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're answering with five? <laughs> no, more than that. Because it, <laughs> oh, no. it would be the entire Roseland NYC live album from Portishead. <laughs> oh, my. That is totally a tea bag answer. So, yeah. So, we touched on Beth Gibbons, who's the vocalist yes. of Portishead last week when we mm-hmm. talked about uh, Kendrick. Um, so this is her band, Portishead, uh, who, and this album, this live album, uh, it is probably my absolute favorite live album ever. Um, and I will say 
Jack the Radio has a live album called Devil in Here that gives it a run for its money because, man, it's powerful. But, uh, I mean, the whole thing, like, I can't pick just one song off of this. It's You it's, have to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, What's the but, highlight? What's, what, what is a highlight for you on that record? Oh, my gosh. Just the... <clears throat> Honestly, the very beginning, uh, which I can't remember which song is first, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's quiet and you hear the, uh, I don't know, you kind of hear like that they have a orchestra. So if you've ever heard Portis Head, like mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. There's a lot, there's electronic stuff. There's, I mean, regular, you know, instruments, guitar, bass, drums, uh, turntable, and they use a lot of keyboards and orchestra stuff. So in this live setting, they have an orchestra playing with them. And so at the beginning, you kind of, you know, you hear like the hiss of being in a live space and then the kind of, you know, murmur of everything going on. And then you hear the orchestra kind of tuning up and messing around. And then you hear it get quiet and then you hear the crowd and that the song kicks in and it just, I mean, you're off to the races and it, it is as impressive as Portishead is as a band, this live album, what they're able to pull off and how amazing it sounds and how they're able to organically work in all of those layers. It's just, there's nothing like it. So I, how, how is this soothing and not, charging because when i hear it's that really idea, not that orchestra i'd be like because i love an orchestra with music well, i think it's so amazing portishead is not a band that i would most of their stuff is not overly uh i don't know energetic i guess mm-hmm. it most of it is pretty laid back um there are parts of this where like a song's kind of going along and it's laid back and then they swell and swell and swell and swell and then it stops and they bring you right back into that mm-hmm. groove. And so, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just really impressive and it's awesome to hear. Okay. Yeah. I, it makes me think of um, when I hear Rush the Garden, when they did it with strings, when they were live. Yeah. That song is so beautiful. But when you hear those strings, man, I just, my heart swells because I love the stringed instruments. I love the orchestra. Um, oh, Paul Miller says, oh. it's deep, but not intense per se. I would agree with that. That's a good way to put it. Good I way see. to sum it up. That's why we have him on the show because he's the brains of this operation. <laughs> but not today. <laughs> I'm the looks. Monday <laughs> is the metal and Paul's the brains, people. I'm going to make a shirt with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that was fun. That was cool. I think we could have probably come up with 10 songs each. Oh, no yeah. Problem. I totally had more. I wrote down more because I wasn't sure exactly. What, mm-hmm. Like, I was. I wrote down, like, Dead Can Dance. I love a lot mm-hmm. of their stuff. I haven't uh, listened to them in years, but I, I used yeah. to. Yeah. Um, there's a band called Sweetback from the 90s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a band called Sweetback from the 90s, who I believe was, like, Sade's backing band or something. And oh, that's they, cool. Their stuff is fantastic and really kind of mellow and groovy and funky. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I could have gone any number of ways. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, guess what the uh, challenge is next week? 
What's that? We don't have one. <laughs> oh, do you know why? Um, I feel like I should. Hmm. Could it be that we might have a guest? We do. So exciting. We do have a guest next week. I'm just going to mention it right now. So Whitney Ty is coming by and she is currently, actually, she's got like three things going on right now. So she just released a song called Free Time. Uh, that was about a month ago, but she has been featured recently on Beauty and Chaos. She did a song with Michael Cervello, friend of the show called Orion. And Great now one. she is on Chuck Wright's Sheltering Sky. And if you don't know him, he's from Quiet Riot. And um, her first single, I think already came out, was called Army of Me. And that was a Bjork cover. And it is so good. And she's got two other songs on this record. We're going to talk to her about those. But um, you should probably dig into some of her previous music. She is really good. She's had two albums out already. The first one was in 2015 called Metamorphosis. And then the other one was 2020. It was called Apogee. And a couple of songs that I really dig are Surrender and Righteous. You guys ought to check those out. She has a beautiful voice. She's really a nice person. And uh, she's going to be on the show next week to talk about, hopefully, working with Michael and working with Chuck Wright on Sheltering Absolutely. Sky. So that's yeah. next week. No no challenge. I have not heard Sheltering Sky. I have no idea what this sounds like, but I'm very interested. I'm a Quiet Riot fan from way back, but I have a feeling this probably is not a lot like that. Um, no, I've listened already. And there's a lot of guests on this thing. And cool. It's really cool. Yeah, you get different textures and feels from every song. So it's it's an eclectic well, mix. I mean, you know, we're in deep with beauty and chaos, and that's mm -hmm. what they do. So we we love that. Absolutely. So I say there's no challenge, but we will be putting Miss Ty to the challenge. We'll be questioning her hardcore because that's what we find, do. Yeah, find a way to put her on the spot. People love that. <laughs> We want to make her so angry she never comes back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready to get on to business? I am. This, yeah, this might be an interesting conversation. We have never had two weeks in a row where we did hip-hop. Well, that's probably true. We have. <clears throat> Last week we did Kendrick. This week, Onyx is back, and their record is called Onyx versus Everybody, and they're angry, and it comes across. Always. So, uh, Monday, you were the one who chose this, so... Uh, why? Uh, kind of in a roundabout way. Yeah. I mentioned uh, that they had a new one out. Just, I happened just happened to see that. And uh, I told, well, I was really telling Paul that in our group text and cause we used to like them back in the day. And mm -hmm. uh, we just decided, Hey, we're not covering anything else. Let's do that. And as luck would have it, we went from a massive, massive undertaking with Kendrick Lamar <laughs> To an album that is less than 20 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, Kendrick was two two sides. It was nine songs each for 18 songs. And I think it was an hour and 15 minutes or something. Oh it gosh, was, yeah. yeah and it yeah, was yeah. just so deep. Mm -hmm. But And yeah, so this album is less than 20 minutes long. <laughs> there were um, two songs that I think put together were about a minute. Yeah, uh, there was at least one that was like 46 seconds. There was one that was like a minute, 40 something. The longest song on the album is the last track, which is three minutes long. So <laughs> it's really interesting. But before we get into that, uh, I want to touch on a little bit of how 
how we came to Onyx back in the day. Um, Paul and I, you know, and we were, um, well, by 93, when we kind of got into them, we were, we were past the baby metalhead stage, but we're very young, but we're not babies. Um, and I believe, I think we just saw them like their, their song slam that came out on their album back the fuck up, uh, in 1993 it was a huge huge hit huge hit and you watch the video and they're from they're from brooklyn new york and so you watch the video for slam and it's just them all around new york and stuff and they're you know singing and bouncing in the camera and all that stuff and then we're watching that and we're like wait a minute that was biohazard mm-hmm. so the new york hardcore band biohazard were like apparently friends with onyx and they were they ended up they did a remix of slam where they just took the vocals and biohazard did all the music and stuff and you know put heavy guitars on it and stuff and then they came out with the absolutely legendary judgment night soundtrack Mm -hmm. which was all kind of uh hip-hop and rock collabs and onyx and biohazard i believe did the title track on that they did judgment night so that's kind of how we got into them um honestly after that didn't stick with them too much i think i checked out the album after that but i didn't really stick with them that much um and they are now uh, there's only two of them in the group now uh fredro star who is a founding member and Sticky Fingers, mm-hmm. who he joined the group in 91, I think. <clears throat> and he went on to do some acting and stuff. He was actually Blade for a hot minute mm-hmm. <laughs> in, the, in the TV series. So, but yeah, Onyx and they're, they're back with some new music. I bet we both own the Judgment Night CD. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, kidding? we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love yeah. it. That's so good. Um, yeah, so... I'm with you. It's been a minute since I've listened to Onyx. Yeah. So it was kind of fun to think, okay, we're going to reconnect with something that came in the past. And um, I think this record, before we speak specifically about any songs, it feels very old school. Very and I much. don't want to say they didn't evolve or didn't grow in the way that a lot of artists do. It just had that aesthetic of... Um, uh, of the the old school vibe and the way that they rhyme and everything, it just felt mm-hmm. like back then. And I don't want to say that's a bad thing, just what I got out of it. I don't have anything bad to say about this record. I really don't. The, my uh, anything I would have to say would be constructive criticism. Like yeah. fill out your songs. Don't give me forty six second <laughs> BS. You know, like do a song. Mm-hmm. Like I, there are so many of the like. The regular, I, I mean, can you even call them regular length songs? Um, <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying, yeah. They're just like, it's a, I mean, it, this head bobbing, man, you're just like, yeah, it's a great groove. And it is very old school. It is so 90s, and, and, but it's great. It sounds awesome. This is hip hop that I was listening to back then. And, you know, and for me, onyx uh, like sticky fingers voice is i mean that's that's onyx it it, it's he's got such an identifiable and unique 
raspy delivery Mm -hmm. and it's just yeah it just really touched on that old school 90s hip-hop vibe and i i i don't know if that's a good thing for them but i mean i enjoyed it um you know one thing that i think lyrically that came back to me was they went back to the old bragging like you know yeah. um one of the songs talking about he's the best rapper um i rap like no one out there or you know i rap like no one out there can fuck with me um they bring up biggie brings up like killing people and um being loyal and all that kind of thing it really felt like the old east coast west coast vibe that happened back in the day with biggie and tupac and all of that you know um so it's almost yeah. like they haven't grown out of that yet um so i go, go ahead, ahead. <clears throat> no i i just i agree with you about the head bobbing and you know every song kind of has a cool groove going on until it's cut short yes um, i yeah. just felt like it was almost too old school for its own good that that's um, what I meant when I'm like I don't know if that's good for them, but I liked it. <laughs> and it was too simplistic, yeah. In many ways, I I was taking notes, and so I'm writing about each song. Um, and every song has like a very basic beat that varies just a little in the background. The only change, for the most part, seems to be this keyboard hit, or a double hit, or whatever it might be. But that seems to be the major change in each song. It's we got a cool beat and then here comes the organ. Here comes or the keyboard or whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. Um, making that sound. And it just, I don't know. I, I guess I want a little more variety. I think we got a lot more variety in I, Kendrick. Yeah. And we're uh, not getting it here. Formulaic is yes. the word you're looking for, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I, I didn't look it up because ultimately it doesn't really matter. But I, I am a little curious uh, who produced it. If it was all one guy, if they had you know a lot of hip hop. They have different guys come in on every song. This one's pretty. I maybe homogenous might be a word. I like that. Uh, it's all. It's got great loops, great you know drum beats. It's it's well produced, but it's a lot of the same thing. Yeah. It is. Um, any standouts for you? I got a couple. I did. Um, <clears throat> the first I one really definitely like... can't be a standout because it's just the same line repeated over and over yeah. just to bring us into the record. Right. Um, I like Project Gladiators. That was my number one. Um, Raise the Crime Rate. Mm-hmm. I like a lot. Um, that's pretty much, yeah, I mean, Talking New York's not bad. Um, I rap like was not bad, but yeah, Project Gladiators and Raise the Crime Rates probably my two standouts. Yeah, uh, Project Gladiators was my number one that featured mm-hmm. terminology. I felt like of the batch, this one had the best flow. Now, also to the keyboard sound, it added some piano, which was nice. That was a little bit different. Yeah. It made up a word confrontate which you can never go wrong when you make up new words. I love that. And then, uh, but there was, I felt like this one did have some meaning when, uh, especially terminology's part, when he's rapping and he says, handing me the pills that keep the pain numbing clouds over your heads. Uh, that means it's uh, rain's coming. 
Why are you still praying? You know he ain't coming. It's like this outlook that's bleak in their world. And yeah. I felt like that one had more gravity than most of the other songs. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. I mean, it, this really... I, I There's just no other way to say it. Like this really, uh, other than the shortened length of the songs it really just sounded like an onyx record from the <laughs> mid 90s it really did i know it's like shame on me for wanting more <laughs> this is what you get i just i came in i can't i can't hate I, I don't understand why they would still be doing that in 2022 but i mean i can't i can't hate it <laughs> yeah um i, I rap like it was a little faster, more upbeat. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. That was like a kind of a change. Um, and Shoot Wit, which was a um, actually an older song that they redid again. I like that one, too. I thought that the rap flow on that one was a little bit better than the other songs. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, I don't hate you if that's what you're thinking. But you, if you were on fire and I had water, I'd drink it. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of kind of fun wordplay that I like. Yeah. Um but but um, I, I kind of like that song quite a bit. So that was another highlight for me. Oh, I had, I had another one. I wanted to, what about Real Evil? What do you think about that one? Um, yeah, that one was, I feel like uh, Sticky stood out on that one quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, I think you're right. So... That's never going to be a bad thing for me. Like I said, I love his voice. I've always loved his voice. He kind of makes Onyx for me, um, especially now that it's just the two of them. I very much prefer him. Um, so, you know. Well, here my thought on that one was, I really dug the line, why do we kill people that kill people? To show yes. we shouldn't kill people. And that's like... Yes. Hmm. They commented on the... Yeah, that's kind of... You know, I mean, it's not kind of. It, it's obviously a comment on the death penalty. So... Yeah. Which... which uh, God dang it. What's the word I'm trying to say? It's like there's a, a, a very large imbalance of how that affects African Americans as opposed to other races. So... No, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm against the death penalty, and um, but that one, it really speaks to me with like that line. Um, yeah, and we, you know, on a very smaller note, we talk about that in school all the time. When a kid is tardy to class, and <laughs> God, like a huge amount of times, or they miss school a lot of times. So what do we do? We suspend them out. We yeah, make them you miss them out. So oh, you're not coming? Get out. Yeah. So yeah. So how do you change the behavior sure. while not punishing them in a way that just, I guess, exacerbates the problem in the first place, which right. is kind of what I think this song is saying. So from when I heard that line, that instantly was like, yeah, I, I love that. That's, yeah, that's really sharp. That's that did stand out. Now, once you said it, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I, yeah. And that's the first line in the song and they say it a couple of times, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. For sure. And then, um, yeah. Raise the crime rate. With Ricky Bats, I thought that was a pretty good one. I like the line, blood makes us related, loyalty makes us family. That was pretty cool. And that is one of the ones that made me think about the old um, East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah. Because, um, you know, obviously loyalty is huge, 
you're talking about. That, that. might be. Uh, I mean, that could you could interpret that as a commentary on something we talked about last week too, which is your your blood family versus chosen family, your mm-hmm. friends. And yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I could see it spin that way. Absolutely. So, so while I, I, I kind of struggle with this record a little bit, there are some high points that I really like. And so for me to say, I, I, I'm kind of bummed because it was so one note. There yes. are some highlights. I, I just wish uh, God, there was one part in one of the songs too, when I was talking about the bragging, when I was talking about the beats and the guy laying down these great beats, I'm like, wow, it feels like the same beat or we're changing one note, you know, yeah. like on the beat. Yeah. Yeah. That's that to me, isn't, you know, doing what he's talking about. So it's not walking yeah. the walk. That's uh, yeah. My biggest, you know, my biggest criticisms on this. And again, like I said, I did not hate it. It's cr- constructive criticism. It's for sure. Fle- flesh the ideas out, you know, Give me a little variation, but I mean, this is head bobbing stuff all day. I, I, I like Onyx, so it's it's you know a lot well, of potential. I maybe didn't deliver on all of it. Well, and the other part of this Monday is we're old white guys, so who knows? <laughs> well, I uh, yes, because this is right up my alley. It's '90s rap, so yeah. <laughs> that means I'm old. <clears throat> All right. So, on a rating scale, I will say this. I give it about a 275 out of 5, and it is likely that I will not listen again. Monday? Yeah, I, I probably won't come back to this a lot. Um, I may... Uh, it, it actually kind of... Uh, made me want to go back and listen to some of their older stuff. Cause I haven't in so long. Um, and, uh, I'm actually, I'm kind of curious. I sent this to my boys who both are huge hip hop heads. And I told them we were doing this and this was a group that, you know, I listened to in the nineties and I sent them slam. Like this was their big hit back in the day. And they're like, Oh, we'll check it out. So I'm curious to see if they do and what they have to say about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I gave it a three out of five. It's, you know, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's kind of middle of the road. It's, you know, that's where we are. <laughs> so as far as Rotten Tomatoes goes, it's fresh. Just slightly fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would All we right. be the critics or the audience? Hmm. <laughs> well... They manipulate the audience. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> All right. Well, so next week, our album review really isn't an album review. It's uh, Chuck Wright's Sheltering Sky. Yeah. Instead of doing a review, we're going to dig into the songs, and then we're going to talk to Whitney Ty about mm-hmm. her process and that. So that'll be kind of fun. That's cool. I honestly have not done a deep dive on Whitney's stuff, so I got some homework to do. Mm-hmm. which I'm happy to do because I mean, I liked her <clears throat> stuff with uh, beauty and chaos. So yeah, she has a beautiful voice. Yeah, very much. So. Yeah. so, okay, let's get out of business Monday. We are on issues five and six of Sandman. It's around the corner. I mean, this show is approaching quickly and I'm seeing all kinds of things on Twitter and they're showing 
uh, screenshots and all that. So we've seen him. We've seen him with the helm. So this is kind of exciting. We're getting close. Yeah. I got to so, say, I saw the other day, <laughs> I saw a still shot of, uh, oh, I can't think of her name. He's playing Lucifer. Gwendolyn. I don't know. I haven't seen Gwen, anything about the show. Gwendolyn Christie or something. Oh, God, I can't remember her name. She was in Game of Thrones. Anyway, she's playing Lucifer. I did not love the look of Lucifer. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not looking. I'm like swearing it off. I know. I'm going to go I, in blind and, and see what I, happens. I, I have not watched a trailer. I have not. I'm trying to avoid as much as I can. Uh, I, I just flipping, you know, scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Every once in a while you see something. Just kind of keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um so yeah i even saw uh something popped up on my radar i think it was neil and the guy that's playing dream who's, mm -hmm. i don't even know that i don't even know his name that's how much i'm not looking into it um but it was them like an interview with them like i don't, I don't want to watch that i don't want to watch it <laughs> speaking of neil oh two, yeah. of us, two of us in this podcast were actually read stories by mr gaiman last week there are only two of us. I know. Isn't that crazy? That was. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. To be read story, like to be an adult and have stories read to you. It's so cool. I mean, his voice, I, those stories, I, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, that it's always awesome too. When you have the actual author read their mm -hmm. own work to you because they put the emphasis where it's supposed to be in there. And it made so. it so much more funny, didn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I was super stoked that he did uh, click clack rattle bag. Yes, that was cool. That is, I love mm -hmm. that story, and it's so. I it was, it was so cool. And then when that ending comes, and you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Oh, that's so, so good. That cool. would be an awesome like Twilight Zone episode or something, you know. <laughs> It really would. It would fit right in because it's short. Um, it has a great payoff. So, yeah, and, uh, that was awesome. That was a, like a surprise from my wife. I don't. We were just sitting on the couch one night. And she was like, "Hey, I got us tickets to go see Neil Gaiman at Butler," and I'm like, "What? Okay." <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Was Marianne awesome. surprised me with it. So, at least they know us. I love that. Very much so. All right, let's talk Sandman. So last time, which is weird because it's been like three weeks now. I think the last time we were here, he had gotten his sand back and then he yep. had gotten his helm back. And Out now he's on the trail of the, um, oh gosh, it's the gem. The what is it? It's the ruby. It's a ruby. It's the necklace. It's containing lots of magic in his soul and yes. crazy dream qualities, which is awesome. Yeah. So we should probably go with, Oh, five first and start there. And okay. so <clears throat> for me, number five had one of the coolest things so far, which is a Kirby homage. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You this know, the art in the new issues. The... Go ahead. I was just going to say these these two issues, five and six, mm -hmm. are probably the deepest that uh the sandman comic touches into the dc universe yeah probably. they're digging in deep yeah yeah and after the first, this they kind of get away from that yeah and the first part of it was um 
going back into the fourth world stuff, you know, and so you got Scott mm-hmm. Free, Mr. Yep. Miracle. Yep. Um, and those pages, I think there were like four pages that were drawn and they were definitely in the Kirby style. You got the, the Very much so. Yeah, that was so cool. And Granny Goodness. And the wide, wide faces. Yes. Especially so on Granny. Awesome. Her head's like a <laughs> Yes. <block>. Was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love that, that they, they did that. And then that led into, um, you know, him going in search of, you know, using Scott there, Free to go in yes. search of that Ruby. There's just a lot of great DC stuff. I mean, immediately you're going into Arkham Asylum. So you're in mm-hmm. Arkham and you see, I mean, Jonathan Crane, the scarecrow is, mm-hmm. you know, playing a prank on everybody acting like he hung himself and that's nuts. Mm-hmm. And then in the next room, Oh, he actually hung someone mm-hmm. um, <laughs> with a kick me sign on their back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you get into the, the fourth world stuff with uh, yeah. Well, John D is uh, like a deep dive anyway. I mean, that yes. was an old Justice Doctor League Destiny? thing. So. Is that right? Yeah, Doctor exactly. Destiny? Yeah. And that's like if you would ask anybody who's not a, a huge comic fan, they'd be like, who? They yeah. have no idea who that is. Yes. So that was a deep dive on this. Yeah. Series and I mean, well. this was in the 80s, like the late 80s. So he was I mean, he'd been around since what? Probably 60s. I don't, I don't think it was that far back. Was it? I don't know. Not but anyway, far. so, yeah, then he. Yeah, so Dream comes to Scott Free and you know he wants his help and to track it down. And then yeah, John D, you know, kidnaps a woman. And I, I tell you what, the way they draw him, I just can't I can't imagine seeing someone like that walking around. No. I mean, it looks like he has no skin. Yeah, he's so. disgusting. <laughs> it's weird. And it seems like he would just be in pain. And the woman handles it so well. Like she yeah. did, like engages in conversation and yeah. she gets tries to, to keep Yeah, exactly. Calm, so, yeah. Well, that and didn't then, work out so well. Yeah. <laughs> and then even cooler, like he's are they where are they in like the watchtower? Or no, this is no. JLI time. So <clears throat> so yeah, they would be in wherever their base is, which was the was it like a brownstone or something? I was just a normal building. But you know uh, John Johns. Well, no, Scott Scott Free takes him to the JLI base, mm-hmm. I think, and that's they start looking at the computers and trying to figure that out, and then yeah, then John comes in later. So I thought that was kind of a really cool thing with John is that when he sees Dream, oh, yes, yes, his vision. So, yes, Dream doesn't look the same to everybody. Like, he sort of morphs no. into whatever your version it's, of that is. Yes, whatever whatever culture you have, mm-hmm. whatever version he is in your culture, that's what you see. That's how he presents. Yeah. And so I think this that's was, the first time we've seen that, right? I believe. Uh, well, I, sort of. When he when he went into hell and he saw his old lover, she saw him as had more kind of African features. He was still oh, yeah. white skinned and black hair, but it was more short hair and like more okay. African features. Yeah. <laughs> when he increases the punishment yeah. going on. <laughs> nice Thanks. guy. Yeah. So yeah. So John Jones is, he sees him and immediately drops to his knees and is like, Lord Lazoral. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. So that was pretty cool. And he looks wicked. <laughs> 
Yeah, he definitely looked a little different. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Martians have the whole thing with fire. So mm -hmm. that's he's kind of Scared a fire death of fire head. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then he tells he tells John what he's looking for and kind of thanks him and goes on his way. And Scott, Mr. Miracle's like, what was that? What's going on? <laughs> so for me, the the best part of that issue was the end of the woman, like who is taking John D. Because you, yeah. you feel like you kind of like Gaiman draws you into this whole thing. They're having a conversation. It's almost like they become friends. Very friendly yeah. conversation as they're going. And then he turns and you realize, oh, my God, this guy is irredeemable. Yes. He is. And then the it next issue seems, really shows you that. Yeah, it kind of seems. I mean, he's totally going along with her and acting mm -hmm. like, you know, he is making her feel like what she's doing is working. Yes. He's he is kind of manipulating acting calm, acting like she has put him at ease, mm -hmm. all of that until the very end. <laughs> <laughs> we won't say what happens. You should read it. It's devastating. Uh, I mean, there's gonna be spoilers. Yeah. So but but uh it's let's see, I'm looking here and I don't yes, uh so dream beats they're they're going to basically they have moved all of the Justice League stuff used to be up in the watchtower in the orbiting satellite base, the watchtower. They've moved all these trinkets and trophies and stuff into the storage unit in this town mm -hmm. called Mayhew. Mm -hmm. So that's where everyone is going. Dream beats them there and he finds the ruby. And but John D had it so long that he kind of manipulated it and changed it. So when dream touches his Ruby and tries to get his power back, I mean, it, it, it just zaps him and kind of takes him out, knocks him out until John can, John D can get there and claim it for himself. Yeah. This is kind of an interesting point. Is John D that powerful or is dream in his state just that weekend? And Probably a bit of both, but it, it so sounded too. like it sounded like the way they made it sound like the way that uh, John D was using it changed it. Oh, it did for sure. Sense. I just wonder yeah. if Dream had been as powerful as he could be, if that were possible. Right. Yeah, Who knows? Know. Yeah, for sure. So he's sort of incapacitated. Yes, and, uh, very much so. That leads and then, us to the uh, next weirdo issue. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so at the end of this one, John arrives at this 24-hour diner. And yeah, they're waiting for the end. I like this. It's uh, the waitress says, uh, he asks for a cup of coffee and, and while he waits. And she says, oh, sure, hon, that'll be 50 cents. Uh, what are you waiting for? He says, oh, you know, the usual, the end of the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and... Next issue. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the next issue is almost like a little character piece, which is it's, kind of fun and then not so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty gnarly. It gets pretty gnarly. I, I think this would be an interesting. I feel like this issue would make a pretty interesting stage play. You would have to provide <laughs> provide some kind of context, but it's all mm -hmm. in one set. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, they could 
I, I feel like somebody could pull this off. Somebody smarter than me could pull this off as a stage play. Yeah, and it's kind of cool too because it, Betty, right? The the waitress. Uh, bet. Bet. Yeah. Okay. B e t. Bet. Like bet. Yeah. So, so she has a story. So she is a writer. And so she's not just a waitress. She's like picking people apart and kind of writing. But she also has a story that we don't know until later. Something is has happened and we don't know her backstory till later. And then the young girl who goes to the phone, who's the lesbian. There was a whole backstory that Gaiman had written um, about her and the fact that she had been raped and uh, abused. And that was what made her choose to be less i mean um and she was the one wearing the uh, joy division jacket with the uh yeah, yeah. the yeah. lesbian symbol on the back yeah so there was a yeah. whole story about her um created and you don't get all of that but you get enough of the pieces as we go along to realize what that was about it was just cool hearing that that sort of backstory yeah it's, i mean like i said this is now that i think about it uh there's enough uh <clears throat> narration in this that provides some of the background stuff might be a little mm -hmm. hard to pull off as a stage play unless you had like a you know omniscient narrator mm -hmm. you know whatever but uh which has been done but is not always the most exciting thing um but yeah it's cool how you see everybody come in and like you don't even see john d for a while for yeah, he's just sort like of sitting back there taking it in. Yeah. It's like five pages in before you really see him sitting in the corner, mm -hmm. just kind of observing everybody. But then, yeah, it's cool. People file in and then like people stop coming in and then it's cool when they like, they start realizing things are a little weird. And then he's mm -hmm. like, doo -doo 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 -doo, and they are mm -hmm. like, Oh, you know, it just changes everything. And it's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool device. It's One like thing he I love. is creating a play in yeah. a way. He's like yes. the puppet master, yeah. you know, so I, yeah, yes. I get that. One thing I thought was really cool about this issue is like the waitress bet is kind of our way into the story. Like, you know, she knows pretty much everybody here. Like she, she knows all these people. They're regular enough that she knows them or the town is small enough that she knows them. Mm -hmm. um, and she as the writer has like written these people's stories out, but changed details mm -hmm. and she kind of passes judgment on these people. But mm -hmm. then you find out later, like she was having an affair with this dude the whole time. So mm -hmm. she's like judging yeah. all these people, but she's doing this. <laughs> and did yeah, you realize who she was sending her um, manuscripts to? Dear Abby and Judy Landers, uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah, I saw that, yeah. yeah, which was kind of funny. Like, oh, that's um, like advice stuff, and yeah, you know, um, yeah, I, I thought that gossip. was weird when I read that. Yeah, I think what's interesting too is that uh, Gaiman creates this world where you're starting to really invest in these characters who do not mm -hmm. make it out of the issue. Like, yeah, this is, I mean, this is literally. <laughs> a standalone issue for these characters and you're like so invested in what's happening to them. And then it's like, you will never see them again. Yeah. Their ends were uh, devastating. Was, <laughs> One yeah. had his head lopped off 
or two. Yeah. Uh, one gouged her own eyes out. Um, it was ugly. And what's kind of cool though is like because he built it up in the beginning, you you don't necessarily care about them, but at least you have a feel for them as people. And so it's it not, does yeah, make a difference, you know. Care care is not the yeah, I would say you don't care, but like when you're reading or watching a story about people, mm-hmm. you're trying to connect to them in some mm-hmm. way. Like that's the whole point. Like if they're if you, if I'm reading about someone or watching someone on a show, I need to care care about them. Like mm-hmm. I need to be invested in their story enough for me to continue watching or reading. Right. So you know, you got to make a connection somehow. And he, that's, yeah, he does a great job. On that. Yeah. So I guess all that goes on. There's an orgy that is taking place below the panel. Um, you <laughs> yeah. see basically like a foot up in the air, a hand or whatever yeah. up in the air and you hear the noises and then um, everybody's dead. You get this overhead shot and everybody in the place is dead. And then who comes yeah. in dream himself. Yep. And it's kind of cool because like he did in hell, he outsmarted um, that person there here. He said like the other. um, So John D is basically like, Oh, you're too weak. You know, I can kick your ass, whatever. This isn't going to be that much fun. And then dream says, well, puts his helm on and he's like, we will do battle in dream world, in my world. So, you know, you kind of get the feeling that something's going to be a little different. Did he do that in this issue or is that the beginning of the next one? Oh, shit. Did I read too far? I think you did. <laughs> oh, crap. I might have read the next issue. Because the end of six is like oh. he, he literally <laughs> walks into the diner and John D says, hello, I'm glad you're here. It was starting to get a bit boring, but you don't look strong enough to even make it interesting, do you? And that's the end. Okay, so I may have read issue read seven. <laughs> well, I was trying to eat my Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, and they just, I had more, and I had to keep reading. And okay, so, forget, scratch that. You didn't hear anything. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's a great cliffhanger, by the way. Yeah. That's why I love serialized comics, because they yes. leave you hanging. Makes you have patience. But it's also and, nice um, to have the trade so you can read the whole story. <laughs> I don't like, I don't read that many trades. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I am, I like trades and I like buying like a complete, if I'm buying singles, like a complete mini series that mm-hmm. I did not get when it came out. So I have the whole story. Sure. I, I like that. If it's something that I've not read, something I've not collected, something I missed when it came out. I like getting the whole thing so I can read it all. And, and they're even, even when new comics come out, sometimes if it's like four or five, three, four, five issues, I'll wait until the whole thing's out and then read it all. So I'm exactly I don't mind the opposite. That. Yeah. I love <laughs> the serialized version. I, I don't know. There's just something about getting to the end and you're like, oh, oh crap. And I got to wait another. Well, in comics, yeah. it's a month. Um, I like that the shows are now coming out by the week. They're not just dumping all of the eight, the 13 episodes. So you can watch them. You got to watch one per week. Yeah, I really like I that. Like Maybe that's because we grew up watching TV when you had sure. 12 channels and all that. I don't know, but there's something kind of cool about that. I think rather than just yeah. 
I think the other part is I don't have hours upon hours to sit down and binge it. Everybody else yeah. does, and then they ruin it for you online. Yeah. Well, I mean, I typically I read a lot on the weekends because I will <laughs> always get up. I'm the earliest riser, so uh, that I have time to do that in the morning, trying to be quiet. Um, and you know, there's a couple of evenings a week, same thing. Like I, my wife works opposite shift, so I have time to do that if I don't have anything else going on. But yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like I, there are plenty, like there's a, there's a series out now that's called, um, called hit me. And I mean, it, as soon as I get home with that one on Wednesday, like I'm like, I'm devouring that, but you know, and it's only like a five issue series, but so, I mean, I, I do both, but uh, yeah, I, I like picking up a whole story and diving into it. Okay. That's good. So anyway, you did not hear what I said. And next week we're going to no, in two weeks, we're going to do issue seven. So see, they'll forget by then. Nobody will even know. And Paul's checked out, so he won't know what I said. Do you want to do seven or do you want to do seven and eight? Seven. Okay. And eight. I guess. I'm just <laughs> trying to get to issue eight. So you know. Let's do seven and eight. What the heck? You know, I want to read them anyway. I've already read seven, yeah. so let's do both. You know why I want to get to number eight. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Don't ruin it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey. We made it without JPP. I'm surprised. Not everything would fall apart. So um, <clears throat> next week, like I said, we're going to diverge a little bit from the usual so that we can have uh, Miss Whitney tie in to talk about her newest music. That's going to be really exciting. Always cool to have guests. I love it, especially it's nice. Nice when people, cool. nice when people uh, grace us with their presence. <laughs> yes. Come slum it with us. That's kind of true. <laughs> hey, if anybody wanted to find you, where would they find you, Monday? How about um, there? Easiest place is on Instagram at Metalhead Monday, which is my name on this show. So just right there, right there on the there. screen, everybody. On your screen, you know where you cannot find me. You can't find I'm me. I'm on there. A little see message. We can talk about whatever. See, you can find Paul there, but not me. But you can find me on. Instagram and Twitter at Foggy's Pal. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, and SoundCloud. And you can find album, movie, TV, and comics reviews at wanderingswoolgathering.com. And we will see you next week for our exclusive interview with Whitney Ty. And then the week following that, we're going to be loading you up with a lot of Sandman goodness and, um, some kind of music review of some sort, right? We'll find something. And it's going to be dynamite. Until then, we'll see you. Oh, I'm going to play us out. You ready? Yep. Let's do it.